0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Week 16 edition of Falado on Football here on Big Blue View Radio, SB Nation's Giants platform. I am your host, Nicholas Falado, and we're here to dive into this Week 16 slate and... We're going to do the Sunday games. We'll go a little bit more in-depth with those. We'll talk about the Giants, but I'll be remiss if we don't go over what happened on the weekend and on Christmas. Because we had some great games before Sunday. We had the New Orleans Saints host the Minnesota Vikings and beat them 52-33 in a Christmas spectacular where Alvin Kamara just could not be stopped and essentially won people their fantasy matchups just off of the first game of the slate. Alvin Kamara setting records, 22 carries, 155 yards, six touchdowns on the ground, six. Absolutely insane. Minnesota could not stop him whatsoever. We saw something similar with David Montgomery the week before. David Montgomery had a huge game, but it wasn't to the level of Alvin Kamara. And Latavius Murray had 12 for 72 on the ground. So that was just incredible on Christmas. If you have Alvin Kamara in your fantasy league, go find a mistletoe. Kiss somebody underneath it because you more than likely won your fantasy matchup. But it's also kind of funny because you did have Alvin Kamara and then you ended up going up against Mike Evans. You're probably not as happy because Mike Evans, first game of the Saturday day of games, Buccaneers destroy the Lions. Lions didn't have most of their coaching staff. Matt Stafford left after the first series. Wasn't a good look for Detroit. They were put into a pretty poor spot. But Tampa Bay beat them 47-7. And Mike Evans had 10 catches on 12 targets for 181 yards and 2 touchdowns. And Tom Brady was benched in the second half of this game. Blaine Gabbert came in and had success. (laughs) That's the level of craziness we're talking about here. Leonard Fournette ended up having a pretty good game, nine carries for only 34 yards and got in the end zone. So from a fantasy perspective, it was a solid outing. And then there was the 49ers and Cardinals game where the 49ers just basically upset their division rival, Arizona Cardinals, at home. The Cardinals were home. 20-12 on the back of Jeff Wilson Jr., who had 22 carries for 183 yards and a receiving touchdown on the game led by cj bethard who had three touchdowns at 182 yards passing arizona couldn't really get much going it was kind of a slow game where there were long and methodical drives by each team cliff kingsbury's team kyle shanahan's team and arizona couldn't get much going on offense. they had a rushing touchdown by Kenyon drake who finished the game 18 of 45 with that one tutty jeff wilson looked really really good for san francisco but brennan ayuk was barely used at all. He had one carry and he only had two targets after receiving double digit targets in like the last four games or something absolutely ridiculous. And then George Kittle came back, had five targets, four catches for 92 yards. So good on San Francisco. And then we had the night game on Saturday night with the Miami Dolphins go into Las Vegas and win. And it was one of the more crazy ways for a game to end because in the fourth quarter, both the Dolphins and the Raiders traded late touchdowns. Late touchdowns. The Raiders hit Nelson Aguilar deep, and then the Raiders drove the ball down the field, got themselves into position to score a touchdown. Josh Jacobs goes down at the one-yard line instead of scoring the touchdown. The Raiders run the clock down. They kick the field goal. They go up by two, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick, on the craziest play you'll see, gets face-masked, throws a deep pass to Mac Hollins, catches the ball gets out of bounds sets up a jason sanders field goal and jason sanders nails it as the clock expires and the miami dolphins win the football game one of the more crazy endings to a game and it kind of goes to the theory like hey the raiders had a chance to score a touchdown there josh jacobs goes down on the one yard line got a little cute obviously you don't expect that play to happen with ryan fitzpatrick a busted coverage and a prevent defense nor do you expect A face mask that's going to extend that by another 15 yards so it was kind of a wild sequence no matter what but wow it was very very unlucky and it was very Raider like over the last couple months because the Raiders started off very hot now they're seven and eight and they look like not a playoff team and guess what they're not going to be a playoff team they won this game they would have extended their chances to make the playoffs but the Dolphins winning it all but almost secures the Dolphins a wild card spot but I don't believe that has been determined quite yet. The Browns losing though to the Jets was rather huge for the Dolphins. That was the Saturday and the Christmas game. And then we had the New York Giants game. Giants go into Baltimore and they lose this game 13 to 27. And the Ravens, this is another game kind of like that 49ers game where there were just a lot of long drives for each team. It was just a lot of possessing the football. The Giants kind of I don't want to say they rallied at all in the fourth quarter, but they mounted nice drives that they were able to finish off with a touchdown to Sterling Shepard. But there was just a lot of either three and outs and a lot of long drives. The Ravens had a 13-play drive, ended in a touchdown. 10-play drive, ended in a touchdown. A 13-play drive, drive, ended in a field goal. 7-play drive, ended in a touchdown. Another 7-play drive, ended in with a fumble. Giants, obviously, being down a lot, had to go for it a bunch in the end of the game. Turn it over on downs a couple times. That's all well and good. The fumble by the Ravens happened on the one-yard line. So this game could have been a lot uglier than it really was. And New York's offense looked pretty horrendous in the beginning of this game. Had to punt the football a bunch of different times. Were able to mount that field goal drive, which was all well and good. But then the defense, who if the Giants had a realistic shot in this game. They were going to need to slow down the Baltimore Ravens offense. They weren't able to. They just weren't able to. The defense, it was just too much with Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins, who got dinged up a little bit in the game with the power type of runs, the zone read, all the things that we were kind of concerned about with this offense it ended up affecting the Giants. And Marquise Brown ends up getting a touchdown. Mark Andrews ends up with a solid game, 11 targets, 6 for 76. Marquise Brown, 4 targets, 4 for 25, and that one touchdown. Lamar Jackson also had 80 yards on the ground. J.K. Dobbins, 11 for 77 and 1. Gus Edwards, 15 for 85. And the Giants, this is just them losing to a much better team. The Giants have guys like David Mayo playing on their edge right now. They're beat up. They're a beat up squad. They have injuries across a lot of key positions. They never had Saquon Barkley this entire year. And I'm not making excuses for them. Because I do believe going into this season, the edge group was pretty weak. That was with Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez. We were hoping for breakouts from those guys, and we were hoping that Kyler Fackrell would kind of recapture that 2018 Kyler Fackrell. But now he's on the IR. Well, he's come off it, but he didn't play. And then you have the secondary no Sam Beal, no DeAndre Baker. And he saved these safeties rotating. I feel like they're rotating pretty well. You saw Xavier McKinney in there a couple different times, saw him kind of bounce off one tackle, saw him make a couple nice plays on the football, coming along, getting used to the game speed. This Giants team isn't in the ballpark on the Baltimore Ravens, who are going to be a, a bad wildcard team to play. I wouldn't want to play the Baltimore Ravens if I'm one of those other AFC teams that are going to be hosting a team like Baltimore. The Giants also need upgrades, that linebacker. Next to Blake Martinez, Tay Crowder had a couple plays that were just rough where he could have had Lamar Jackson, had him basically in his arms, J.K. Dobbins, and then just could not secure the tackle. You got to make those tackles. You do. And it was defeating for the Giants, really, when those early drives were just so long and the Giants hardly faced many third downs because the Ravens were doing whatever they wanted on first and second down. But with all those negative things said, the craziest part about it is that the Giants realistically can make the playoffs if they just win against Dallas next week at MetLife Stadium, which is a winnable game. I think Dallas is better than what people realize, and I think that was on display against the Eagles. But they can win those division games. And Washington loses against the Eagles. Another thing that can happen if Dwayne Haskins is your quarterback. It looks like Alex Smith may be there. But we'll have to see. So if Washington loses and the Giants win, the Giants are in. Off of a three-game losing streak. Not looking great. Playing poorly. It's kind of nuts, though. And that's the state of the NFC East right now. And one of these three teams, because the Eagles are now eliminated, will be hosting a playoff game. Whether that be the Giants a football team, or Dallas. We'll find that out next week. Before we briefly go over all the rest of the games on this slate outside of Sunday and Monday Night Football, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: Learn more at marines.com. All right, the Chicago Bears went down to Jacksonville and beat up on the now-secured number one overall pick possessing Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, the future Trevor Lawrence destination, more than likely, is Jacksonville because the Jets defeated the Cleveland Browns and now they will not have the first overall pick. And the Bears beat the Jags 41-17 on the back of Mitchell Trubisky little bit of David Montgomery and some good defense as well Mike Glennon ended up starting this game I don't know if Jacksonville just wanted to see what Glennon had or they they're done watching what Minshew has or they just thought Minshew gave them too good of a chance to win but Glennon went in here 211 yards passing two touchdowns two interceptions Darway Agumbawale had 14 carries for 71 yards because there was no James Robinson in this game James Robinson was out with the ankle injury Jacksonville moved the ball a little bit. They had a touchdown pass, Levisca chenault in garbage time. DJ Chark had a touchdown reception in the early in the second quarter to make this game still competitive. And it's like, wow, DJ Chark, where the heck have you been all year, Mr. Breakout candidate that didn't really actually break out this season? It was pretty, pretty demoralizing. If you owned DJ Chark in fantasy, you would let down, anyways. Chicago running the ball. David Montgomery had 23 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. Mitchell Trubisky, 265 yards passing, two touchdowns, and one interception. It was mostly just Allen Robinson doing his thin. 13 targets, 10 catches for 103 yards. Jimmy Graham had two receiving touchdowns, which is disgusting, but it happens. He had five targets, four receptions, 69 yards. With those two touchdowns, Chicago didn't have to do all that much other than than that especially after the third quarter when Chicago dropped 21 points on Jacksonville it seemed like every time you turn the television on in the third quarter the Bears had the ball in the Jaguars part of the field so Bears still trying to make that playoff push they're eight and seven and since Arizona ended up losing against the San Francisco 49ers, they control the seventh spot. So if they win next week, they're in. Which is crazy, man, because they started 5 and 1, and then they were horrendous. And now they just won three in a row with Mitch Trubisky. And it looks like they could possibly go to the playoffs. All they have to do is win next week. Now, that is a roller coaster type of season from a team like the Chicago Bears. And it's the Packers next week, a team that they definitely struggle with. That's who they have to play. Best of luck to them. And that affair. <laughs> and then we have the Cincinnati Bengals going into Houston and defeating the Texans 37-31. Brandon Allen came back, did not play last week. Remember, prime time. We saw Ryan Finley defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers. But this week it was Brandon Allen who threw for 371 yards. I'm not lying. That's how bad Houston's defense is. And two touchdowns. Giovanni Bernard had 16 carries for 65 yards. Samaj P. Ryan had 13 carries for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Running all over Houston. T. Higgins had one of the more ridiculous touchdown grabs you'll see. 30 yards in the corner of the end zone. Six for 99, one touchdown, nine targets. Alex Erickson had six for 88 on six targets. And he just spread the ball out, Brandon Allen. Did a good job doing so. Drew Sample had a touchdown in this game. It was his only catch, his only target as well. And as for Houston, David Johnson, 12 carries for 128 yards and a touchdown, as well as three receptions for 11 yards and a touchdown. He was everywhere. He's probably going to win a lot of people to the fantasy championships, which is disgusting because he's David Johnson. But hey, it ends up working out. Deshaun Watson, was dinged up late in the game. Seems like he's going to be fine. He'll play in Week 17, so he says. But he was 24-33 for 324 yards, three touchdowns. This was a very entertaining game. A lot of back and forth scoring, a lot of lead changes. But in the end, the Cincinnati Bengals were able to pull ahead and win this football game. And when Houston was driving, the Bengals' defense stepped up much like they did on Monday Night Football. Obviously not as a, to the level of it because they still gave up 30 points. And Brandon Cooks, though, he was torching the Bengals' secondary. Ten targets, seven for 141, and one touchdown. Darren Fells had the other receding touchdown. Then we had the Falcons and the Chiefs in a game that a lot of people did not expect to go this way. Kansas City wins this game 17-14, but it's very low scoring. The Falcons' defense was all over the Chiefs' offense, to their credit. And the Atlanta Falcons were going to tie this game and go into overtime about 20 seconds left in the game, but young Oku missed a very, very makeable field goal. And Kansas City wins this football game. Pat Mahomes, 24-44 for 278 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Travis Kelsey, 7 for 98, one touchdown on 13 targets. Tyree Kill, 4 for 65, didn't do all that much. Demarcus Robinson had the other receiving touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the rushing attack was just modest for both Daryl Williams and Le'Veon Bell in Kansas City. On the Falcons' side, Matt Ryan threw for 300 yards, had two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley was 5 for 130 in the game. Hayden Hurst, 5 for 47 with one touchdown. And Laquan Treadwell had the other touchdown. Wasn't a Russell Gage game. (laughs) was not a Russell Gage game this week for the Atlanta Falcons. and The Kansas City Chiefs, they go to the 14-1. Secure that number one seed in the AFC. So I have one more game to play, and we'll see if the Chiefs roll... A lot of these studs out next week. We'll have to see. Then we had the Broncos and the Chargers. Now this was a four o'clock game. Going over this before the Colts and Steelers for some reason because my tabs are organized that way. That's why. Anyways, Chargers won this game 19 to 16, and this was a game where the Chargers jumped out to an early lead, got kind of complacent, didn't have to do that much, just kind of leaned on the running game a little bit with Austin Eckler. And the Broncos end up coming back in this game just by hitting a bunch of Jason McManus field goals. Next thing you know, it's tied. And Justin Herbert drives the team down the field, and Michael Badgley ends up kicking the game-winning field goal. He missed two of them last week. Ends up kicking the game-winning field goal. It was his fourth of the day. And the offense of the Chargers, they were in the position to score, but Mike Williams dropped the touchdown. It seems like the offense kind of missed Keenan Allen, there was a touchdown pass to Austin Eckler. Mike Williams did have 10 targets, caught 4 for 54 in this game. Dropped the touchdown. And J- Justin Herbert, 253 yards, one touchdown, didn't have to do all that much. It was kind of wasn't really bailed out by the guys that he, had, that he was throwing the football to. No Hunter Henry as well. And then the Broncos drew lock. 264 yards, two, touch, or two interceptions. Almost set up McManus for another field goal attempt. But Jerry Judy dropped the pass, and Jerry Judy was visibly upset in this game. He ended up with 15 targets, though. Six catches for 61 yards, had a few drops. Could have possibly went into overtime if Judy doesn't drop that ball. They can run down, spike the football, and still have some time left on the clock to get McManus out there to kick that field goal. I said Jason McManus before. I meant Brendan McManus. And that just came to me. I did not see it on the computer screen, everybody. You could call me a liar, but I am not. But this was a kind of a, a game of just who's gonna get the higher pick. The loser gets the higher pick, essentially, because the Broncos are now five five and ten. And Los Angeles is now six and nine. It's an interdivision game with two coaching stabs that are somewhat on the hot seat with Vic Fangio, who I feel like is very well respected, and Anthony Lynn, who has made a ton of mistakes this year, but it's not a conc- like, it's not definite that he's not gonna be there. It seems like the locker room definitely loves him as well. But it was also a revenge game for Melvin Gordon. Did not get in the end zone, but he did have 16 carries for 79 yards. And there's something to that. So let's go over this Colts-Pittsburgh game. It was a comeback effort. The Colts jumped out to a really early lead here. It was up 21-7 to at halftime. And Pittsburgh, in the third and fourth quarter, just shut down the Colts. They've got to give a lot of credit to the Pittsburgh defense, shutting down the Colts. And then they also got to give a lot of credit to the Pittsburgh offense. They kind of found a groove a little bit. Ben threw for three touchdowns, 342 yards. It's only sacked once. Threw a touchdown to Juju smith Schuster, a really nice 39-yard bomb to Deontay Johnson, who finished the game with 14 targets, eight catches for 75 yards, and also a touchdown to Eric Ebron, five catches for 47 yards on seven targets. And that was the go-ahead score right there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Indianapolis had a chance to drive down the field, just could not... Necessarily get it there Phillip Rivers put himself in a position through a pass that was just outside of Zach Pascal's reach Pascal couldn't bring it in Rivers finished this game with 270 yards a touchdown and interception it was sacked five times TJ Watt and boys were all over Jonathan Taylor finished the game 18 carries for 74 yards two touchdowns on the ground two early touchdowns then he got phased out and it was more of the Naheem Hines show as the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of crawled their way back into the game and then established the lead we also saw James Conner get a touchdown, just something I feel like we don't say anymore. And he was also used in the passing attack. And didn't look too bad. I mean, he's not the most explosive player you're ever going to see. No one's going to mistake him for that. But he still didn't look all that bad. In Pittsburgh, that was a big win. Because it looked like they were going to get blown out at home against another playoff team. And then that was going to be their taste heading into Week 17 before they more than likely win the division and host a playoff game. Which now with the Browns losing, that's what's going to happen. No one really expected the Browns to lose that football game. But they did. But they did. So let's actually go over that game real quick. Those Cleveland Browns who go into MetLife and now in their defense, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that they were put into a really weird spot. Three of their four of their receivers, I'm sorry came into close contact with someone who contracted COVID-19 on Saturday, and they all were told they could not play in the game. And that was Hodge, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jarvis Landry, and Rashad Higgins. So the Browns had to trot out Jamarcus Bradley, practice squad guy. Marvin Hall might as well be a practice squad guy. He was cut by the Lions recently and picked up by the Browns. So Baker Mayfield relied on Alston Hooper, 15 targets, seven catches for 71 yards. Jamarcus Bradley had 11 catches. Harrison Bryant had seven or 11 targets, I'm sorry, five for 60. Harrison Bryant, seven targets, caught three of them for 37. David Njoku, four targets, caught four of them for 26. And the Jets' defense was kind of all over them. Baker Mayfield had a chance to possibly tie this game, go into overtime, potentially win it, Goes for it on fourth down. Quarterback sneak. Gets popped from behind as he's trying to twirl for the first down. Ball comes out. Kareem Hunt recovers it, advances it, and it was within two minutes. You're not allowed to do that. The person fumbling is the only person who can recover that ball if it's an offensive player. So play was over, and the Jets end up winning this game. 23-16. to 16. Sam Darnold passed for 175 yards, two touchdowns, one to Jamison Crowder, one to Braxton Berrios. Jamison Crowder also threw a touchdown pass. and then the other touchdown pass Darnold threw was to Chris Herndon in this game. And the Jets' winning streak, look at this, two-game winning streak for the New York Jets, not getting Trevor Lawrence, New York football Jets. Secured that by winning this football game. Got to give it to them, though. They play incredibly hard. You can see the excitement in these players, these professional athletes playing football. Adam Gase isn't going to be here next year, but a lot of these guys are playing their way into earning a roster spot with whoever does come in and take this job because they're playing with a ton of pride and you do not see that all the time in the nfl so i applaud the jets for that jet fans though i i feel bad for you i really really do because you probably lost out on transcendent talent to win these meaningless games but that's football you compete and these guys aren't a tank for trevor they might not be here next year why would they care anyways Washington loses big for the New York Giants. Carolina wins this game 20-13 to in Washington. Dwayne Haskins gets benched in the fourth quarter for Taylor Heineke, who actually leads a nice scoring drive and kind of set Washington up in a couple different situations where they could have almost won this game. Because Haskins was horrendous the entire game, threw for 154 yards, had two interceptions. Heineke comes in, threw a couple nice deep passes, almost threw another pick, but he threw for 137 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Gibson only had 10 carries on the game, had 61 yards, looked good doing so. He also had three catches for eight yards, but it was mostly J.D. McKissick. Eight catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. Logan Thomas, seven catches for 63 yards on 12 targets. Also had a touchdown robbed of him, which was very, very frustrating to some people, I would imagine. But this game was basically controlled the entire time by Carolina. It was 20-3 to three at halftime. And Carolina didn't do anything in the second half, much like the Packers didn't do anything in the second half against Carolina last week. Bridgewater in this game had an interception, threw a touchdown, 197 yards passing. Curtis Samuel, seven carries for 52 yards. Mike Davis, 14 for 28 and one touchdown. Curtis Samuel had five catches for 106. DJ Moore, five for 37. And Robbie Anderson, seven for 39 and one touchdown. Moore and Anderson both had 10 targets. Big play in the game, though. The Carolina Panthers scored a defensive touchdown when the Washington football team went to go field a punt, failed to do so, fumbled the ball, went to the back of the end zone, and the Panthers ended up falling on the football. So, you know, that happens. And that was a big play. I think it was Steve Sims is the kick retur- or the punt returner, I should say. You got to secure those. Those are little plays that end up happening that cost so much. speaking of costing so much, those Eagles are now out of the playoff race because they lost to Dallas. This game started off hot for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts found Deshaun Jackson for 81 yards and a touchdown. Early on in this game, Philadelphia jumped out to a 14-3 lead and the second quarter was 17-3 Dallas. So the teams went into halftime. 20-17, 20-17, Dallas. And then Dallas just kept pouring it on in the second half. Philly did not have much of an answer. Jalen Hurts had two pretty bad interceptions too, trying to squeeze into coverage. Didn't account for the defender flowing underneath on both of them who undercut the ball and intercepted the pass. Hurts had 342 yards passing. That one touchdown, two interceptions. Doug Peterson just came out and said Jalen Hurts was dealing with some lower body tightness that may have led to him not running as much in the second half. He still had 9 for 69 on the ground. And Philadelphia just couldn't get past Dallas' defense, which you don't think you'd ever really hear. But it was mainly Dallas' offense just torched Philadelphia's defense. Michael Gallup, 6 for 121. Amari Cooper, 4 for 121. Gallup had two touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, 3 for 65 and one touchdown. Andy Dalton threw for 377 yards and three touchdowns. One interception. Ezekiel Elliott, 19 for 105. Tony Pollard took that backseat role. 9 for 12. That's what Tony Pollard ended up finishing with. Not exactly great, I guess you could say. Philadelphia is now out of the playoff hunt. It's just Dallas. Giants. Washington. Dallas is clicking right now. They beat up on the 49ers last week. A lot of people excused it because 49ers are a bad team. 49ers just beat up on Arizona, a team that beat up on the Giants. The Eagles, not a great team, but they beat up on Arizona last week as well, but ended up losing the football game. Have to, you know, acknowledge that. It's a big part of it all. So Week 17 looking like it could be really, really big for the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Now we have the Rams and the Seahawks, the last game we're going to go over here. And the Rams, the frauds that they are, Lose, go up into Seattle, and lose to the Seahawks 20-9. to There was no Cam Akers in this game. We know that because he left last, well, he kind of left last game with a high ankle sprain, came back in, and then after the game they said he had a high ankle sprain and could not play this week. But Darrell Henderson, 12 carries for 62 yards. Jared Goff looked really bad. 24 for 43 for 234 yards and interception, no touchdowns. Couldn't get anything going against Seattle's defense. It took Seattle a long time to get going against the Rams. It really did. Russell Wilson finished with 225 yards and a touchdown pass to Jacob Hollister. But the team itself, Seattle, struggled with a lot of three and outs. There were a lot of just punts and things of that nature until the second half, when Seattle scored a touchdown in the third, scored a touchdown in the fourth. Another touchdown was Russell Wilson rushing touchdown. He had. And the Rams had chances to drive down the field, but they could never do anything with it. Rams were out there in 11 personnel a lot, a lot of Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds. Woods had nine targets. Cup had nine targets. Cup, eight of 66. Woods, four of 48. Josh Reynolds, 10 targets, six of 65. You could tell golf was rattled. Golf does this from time to time. You just don't know what the heck he's doing out there sometimes. And Seattle really was just all over them from the get-go. And the Rams couldn't get anything going through the air. They couldn't get established. The Rams, if they do end up making the playoffs, because there's still a scenario where they don't, they're a team you probably want to play. You don't think that because they have defensive players like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. But they're out of sorts right now on offense. And they do not look good. Good on Seattle to secure the division against a fraudulent team like the Los Angeles Rams. Seattle, now the NFC West champs at 11-4. Alrighty, guys, this is Falato on football here on Big Blue View Radio. I am your host, Nicholas Falato. Please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast wherever you guys get your podcasts. Take care and have a lovely one.